0: To episode eight of the Spider Two y podcast. Um, this week we go through the rest of the draft. We did the first round uh, last week, uh, so this week we're just looking at um, we're picking out some teams where we particularly liked what they did with this draft, and also some others that we uh, that we didn't like so much. Uh, so thanks very much for tuning in again, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Enjoy the podcast. <music>
1: Hello, Jack. How are you? Hello, hello, Jack. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I am very. I'm. I'm good, actually. It's Saturday, so it's quite an unusual day for us to record is not it, isn't it?
0: It is. Yeah, Saturday afternoon. How are you? Ah, oh, you know, just having a buzzing Saturday. Thought I'd never ask.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I've got nothing to. I've got nothing to fill you in on. I haven't done anything. So well, I'll see. keep behind
1: the curtain, and we actually talk before we go live. So yeah, it's a it's somewhat of a showbiz high, isn't it? It is
0: a very, uh, a very showbiz high. But it's all, uh, it's all gone a bit flat now. The draft's
1: over, isn't it? So I have to say, I was going to speak to you, when I was speaking to you this week. I thought, I know we were super pumped for the draft, but I now feel a little bit, um, a bit deflated. Yeah, I don't it know definitely why. has I was, had that effect on me. I yeah. think, I think it was kind of like you know building up to the draft, but it's like all the players have been sent to the various teams, or whatever, and then it's now just more waiting. Yeah, a lot of waiting, especially with all the stuff, uh, all the stuff around the
0: whether off seasons going to be virtual or whether they're going to be doing the the sort of OTAs and stuff like that. Is um, that's the, the more optional side of uh, of the training camp. Um, so it'd be interesting. But I guess part part of that as well came up this week. Um, I don't know whether you saw the Juwan James story. Um, so he's a, an offensive lineman for the Denver Broncos. And uh, the poor guy was working out at home, trying to stay in football shape and uh, tore his Achilles. Um, and it sort of sent absolute shockwaves around the league because... Um, the basically the league office sent a memo out to teams saying that any player who injures themselves outside of uh team facilities um you don't you're they're basically not owed their contract and things like that and it's it's sent um there's been a real back and forth between the the league and the the sort of nfl players association um i don't know whether you had saw that or had any thoughts on that but First of all, it seems slightly unfair on this poor guy who's injured himself trying to stay in shape. But secondly, this has been in place for years and years and years. So if th- there's always gonna be a risk, isn't there? So why not just go and work out at the team facility? Why not? Why put yourself in that position in the first place, I guess?
1: Yeah, well, I, I heard someone saying that apparently he'd actually been asked to not train at the facility whether that's due to covid reasons or whatever i don't know but it is it is a bit shitty isn't it really like if you're still under contracts you're still employed by that team it's a bit different if he tore his achilles, it achilles was it? Yeah, it yeah yeah so it's a bit different if he tore his achilles like you know playing fucking hacky sack with his friends in the park or something like he's training for his job I, d- yeah. I don't know. That it seems a bit. Unfair. I guess
0: their argument to that though is, how do they know he wasn't?
1: Well, he didn't of tear course. it playing hacky sack in yeah. the park. Do you know what I mean? I don't. This there should, there should be sort of like a statutory sick pay or something, shouldn't they? I mean, there probably already is, but. And then I, I guess know. the other side of that is, um,
0: is obviously that with the healthcare system in America the way it is, um, the guy's going to have to fund his. I think it sounds like he's going to have to fund his own surgery and stuff like that because it wasn't done during team activity kind of thing. Um, it just sounds like a really bad situation, but I guess this is the, the negative side of the, obviously the, the last year they, there was the option to go into the, the training facility was taken away because of COVID this year, everything's up in the air. And I think the players have been very much like the virtual thing worked really well because obviously Mm -hmm. they want to stay with their families. They probably don't all live where they play. So they're probably thinking, you know, longer off-season, let's do it all virtually and things like that. But I guess this kind of thing is going to be the danger of that when these rules are historically in place that that mean if you do hurt yourself outside of team facility, you're not as well protected. Um, you know, the, maybe these rules are going to have to be changed somewhere along the line, but it doesn't sound like the relationship between the players and the league is very good at the moment.
1: No, and it's sort of... What's it seems a bit of a gray area because last season, Christian McCaffrey tweaked whatever it was in his second injury of the season away. From, that wasn't at the facility. That was, he was, you know, just training away from the, the Panthers. And I don't remember hearing that he didn't get the rest of his pay for the season or whatever. I, I don't know. It seems a bit, it just seems shitty. And the NFL is constantly fighting this battle of, um, you know, trying to look a bit more, favorable in the in the eyes of everyone else isn't it and especially with obviously the big bad Goodell at the top of the top of the totem pole I, and, and this sort of thing just doesn't I don't know man like you, you're you're a company that's I know you, you like let's be real if everyone got injured they wouldn't be able it's ridiculous like you couldn't afford to just pay for everyone just because they got injured but I don't know like just you can afford to pay this guy's salary or at least a, a, a large percentage of it I it almost seems like it will get to the point where the players will have like a whip round and just be like, right, we'll fucking give this guy some money because it's absolutely ridiculous that the league isn't. I don't yeah. know. I I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't look great though, does it?
0: It doesn't look great. No, I guess that the argument to the McCaffrey thing would be McCaffrey's injury was a tweak. This is uh, he's not going to play next season. You know, there is For no sure. way he'll be on the field next season at all. So yeah, um, not a great look on. On either side, I don't think, but especially on the league side, um, not really a great deal of news this week. The Aaron Rodgers stuff is still very much in the up in the air. Um, obviously, we talked uh, last week about the the teams that he was interested in joining, but nothing nothing's really happened. Um, I don't think
1: it will, to be honest.
0: No, as as you said last week, it, it seems to it seems to he, have gone pretty quiet. Are you getting
1: to the point as well where you just Start to not not resent Aaron Rodgers, but it, it, he is so petty. Well, this is the danger, isn't it? I guess this is well, where. where like, All oh, right, mate. Like we get it. You didn't like the Jordan Love pick last year. It was a mistake, and it, I, everyone would agree with that. But no one's no one's saying it. it wasn't. I know this is his his issue is with that Brian Gudekunst yeah. But it's just <laughs> it's I don't know, night. man. Just your your team's not awful you're pretty good, like, as a team with him in there. I know I said last week, if you take him off the team, they're pretty shit, which I still think they kind of are because he is that good. But, you know, like, they have one of the best O-lines in the world, in the world, in the league. Um, I don't know. It's just, if you keep banging on... About, and I, he was then not saying about, oh, I can't believe, you know, you made it public and stuff like this. I disagree. I don't know. Just, just... So there was
0: a story this week about how apparently in, like... Um group messages with teammates and friends and stuff. He refers to, um, Guten. I, I can't say his name without laughing. Guten, guten, guten. Yeah. Something like that. He refers to him as Jerry Krauss. Um, so for people who maybe don't know, Jerry Krause was the, uh, the Ball GM of the Balls. Chicago Bulls who Michael Jordan had a massive falling out with. And he was basically the reason Jordan ended up, uh, Sort of retiring and and going to play baseball kind of thing. So um, yeah, I thought that was quite a an interesting interesting comparison. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it all seems to be
1: like a lot of hot air at the moment. I'm sure that in a couple of weeks' time it will be. I think that's why it feels a bit like uh, a bit annoying to still be going on because we ultimately know there's nothing's going to happen right now. Hmm. It may be next year or whatever, but not right now. And you know the team is apart from maybe the broncos or whatever there isn't another team that he's going to go to that's going to be as good as the packers are right now. No, exactly. Yeah, so um yeah, all
0: a bit all a bit hot air at the moment but we we shall see what happens there. Um yeah, and and not a, a great deal else. We saw um Miami Dolphins released uh safety Bobby McCain and signed um cornerback um Jason McCourty from uh, from the Patriots. But the McCourty's twins. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah, they're
1: both old as well, aren't they?
0: I think they are getting old. It's probably still younger than us, Jack. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're old, so it doesn't matter.
1: We are. Um, Do you know what's and then, really, what's what makes on. us really old? Mm. Is we've been talking about this at work. This is a, a complete sidetrack, but I'm sure a lot of other people that may listen to this can probably relate because I think our demographic is probably our age range um I've seen fashion I've seen a full cycle of fashion <laughs> when you drive past kids now they're wearing stuff that we were wearing when I was like 12 13 14 that sort of 90s-ish kind of vibe or the baggy clothes and stuff like that and kids wear that now I see
0: that and and also um the the sort of bootleg boot yeah. cut jeans are coming yeah. back aren't
1: they yeah all the sort of stuff that was like hideous is now cool again <laughs> And I could have just saved my wardrobe from back then.
0: I know, but I tell you what, I I mean, this is really going down side sidetrack, but I'm too short for bootcut jeans. <laughs> so, so my jeans used to get all like ripped, ripped up the back. The back yeah. yeah, just all
1: frayed where they're just scooping on the heels. Yeah, you so... up having like a heel hole in them.
0: <laughs> so I could do with that trend not coming back or I'm just not going to follow it. You, you do not? know you
1: can buy shorter jeans though, right? Yeah, but, you know. I guess you're a waste to link. Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an
0: odd shape. <laughs>
1: you're not. Um,
0: I've got that Mac Jones
1: bod. You're <laughs> not uh, You're not runway shaped like me. No. Clothes no. hanger. No, so, um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. I've seen a full, a full fashion cycle come back round now. I bet That's Jason, how old we are. I
0: bet Jason McCoy hasn't. I bet, I bet he's still too young. Well, Americans
1: have terrible style, anyway. So.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Alienate an entire nation. That yeah, <laughs> fuck them. Um, so yeah, so uh, Bobby McCain released. Jason McCourty signed. Also, the um, the Lions released on Johnson, which surprised me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't didn't stay on waivers for long. The Eagles picked him up. Um, we were saying, weren't we? He's carry uh, on Johnson seemed to struggle to get on the field last year um, through injuries and, and things like that. But, yeah, obviously they have put in everything on swift. But um, I'm slightly surprised they cut him
1: anyway. Yeah, I feel like there's maybe more to this than we know. I know there is some health concerns with him. But I don't know. They just never seem to fully go in on him, even though he looks... You know, a, a year and a half or so ago he looked like the guy didn't he he looked yeah. like um, you know he's putting together some nice production and you know and I think he was I can't remember the exact stat or whatever but he was the first Lions like running back to have over a certain amount of yards or touchdowns in like right. fucking million years for them so it's like okay cool you've you finally got a guy that's good enough and then they brought in obviously Adrian Peterson and seemed to just want to use him as much as they used him and then it just mm. I don't know, he sort of fell out of favour and then obviously Swift came along and he looked pretty good and I don't know, that's it. So hopefully the Eagles have found themselves a potential, you know, third or second string running back. Well
0: and that's the thing with the Eagles as well. Like they're um Boston Scott. But they but they've got a lot of running backs now. So yeah. first of all <sighs> I would say first of all I'd say um Well sorry, apart from Sanders. Yeah, if you're a Miles Sanders fan and you're thinking this year oh this is the year that i'm gonna draft him high in fantasy because he's gonna be um you know he's 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 gonna get me he, well he's gonna be an r b one he will be an r b one but their depth chart in terms of um you know that position is is pretty stacked now so plus they drafted um they drafted a guy in the fourth round or fifth round i think so yeah, going to be interesting to see what happens in Philly. Um, so talking of the draft, we um, we did a podcast last week where as we did sort of straight after the the first round. Um, we went through pick by pick. We're not going to do that with the rest of the draft <laughs> because there's a hell of a lot of picks. But what we thought we'd do is um, is pick out some teams that um, that we wanted to talk about. Um, I'm going to start with the Cleveland Browns and it it's going to sound like I'm Homer, <laughs> but I'm not you know I'm, I'm not a homer because you know they the... kind of are yeah I They're I do sort of like them.
1: one of your teams
0: I do like them
1: yeah anyway, uh, but on. I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna start with the Cleveland Browns um mainly because of their second round pick to be honest um so they managed to get uh Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa um at pick 52 so he's a linebacker out of uh not is it notre dame or they, notre dame, they say no
1: to dame but they have yeah. no idea what they're on about <laughs> so Although, uh, notre dame might not even i would imagine there was a french It's uh it's yeah. a bit more fancy than notre dame as it is so uh, we're probably not One's to be criticising them for saying no
0: don't. Yeah, regardless, it's being butchered. But Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa, um, a linebacker who I think if you look to anyone's stuff, uh, you said this guy's a first-round talent, and somehow, some way, he fell to the second round, and he fell to the Cleveland Browns. Um, and what a what a pickup for them. Um, you know, he's he seems like a guy who who's a bit of a like an Isaiah Simmons kind of character. Isaiah Simmons um, came out last year, ended up in Arizona, had a bit of a slow start, and he's kind of that safety linebacker, dual threat kind of thing. You know, people were saying that um, Owusu Koromoa is not only a fantastic linebacker, but you put him back in, in the safety position, he looks a bit like Derwin James or someone like that. So... um amazing upside and and great value pick um great value pick for the second round you hear though the the reason why he might have fell I did some sort of heart issue or something
1: yeah which is quite interesting I mean I hope it's a lot about nothing because if it is then obviously Brown's had an absolute I know that's one we sort of talked about in the the night of the first draft we're so surprised that he dropped out of it and let alone you know as far as he did but if yeah, unfortunately if that is a concern, there's there's a reason why people usually fall like that. Um
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a worry, but I would suggest I mean, in my very limited knowledge, I would suggest that if he was still drafted uh in round two that it wasn't yeah. you know I mean obviously a heart condition is always serious, but you know, um it, obviously there there was the the Browns still had faith that he um he would be okay. I guess it's the kind of thing that would, where, you know, this this is where medical is a good thing because things like this get picked up. But, um, yeah, I think that's a really exciting pick for them. Um, going down their draft class, I'm not going to pretend that I know a great deal uh, about all these players. But um, round three, they got wide receiver Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn, um, who apparently is just an out-and-out speed guy. Um, not necessarily the best or most refined um, route runner, but um, yeah, a, a real kind of speed guy there. Um, obviously Greg Newsome in the first round was a good pick up at cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just wanted to touch on their round six pick because he is a guy me and you have been talking about for quite a while, isn't it? Um, yeah. So uh, Dimitrik Felton um, listed as a wide receiver, but actually played running back for UCLA. Um, but went down to the senior bowl as a wide receiver and torched um, people. Yeah, put on a show,
1: didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really impressive. I, yeah, I think yeah. We both sort of uh, perked up a bit when we saw this one, um, especially in round six. I don't know. It seems like to fall that far for a guy that's you know got some real high upside. The fact it, the fact that he was a running back but went down. And he didn't want he didn't want to go as a running back. He wanted to go down as a wide receiver to show people that what he could do. And he he certainly did. So, you know, to pick that guy up in round six, which is a real dart throw for most of the guys you're taking at that point, I think it's a great pick up.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it's probably, he's probably a fairly risky pick, but. Um, it's not at like round six, know. though. No, exactly. That's Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, a definitely. A lot of upside and and not but yeah probably not a lot of risk but um maybe he would have been too risky to go to go early early on but um yes yeah, so I thought the Browns did a good job I think we'll probably chat about the Browns more in another podcast but I'm I'm so all in I don't know whether you've been yeah. watching this uh, series on YouTube called Building the Browns
1: no um, I, I I can't say dip my toe <laughs> into that one
0: I think I've gone. I've gone too far, and I've got gone... so brown.
1: <laughs> you are brown. There, you are Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I'm buying into it. I think the culture's great. I think Until they get some sort of logo, I can't be that into them. <laughs> the the logo helmet. is a fucking helmet, man. Like, <laughs> come on. Okay, well, we better move on then.
0: I um, think the next team that uh, I know you wanted to talk about, and I'm, I want to talk about as well, um, the Carolina Panthers. I think they've done a – I think they've had a yeah, really like, good draft here.
1: Yeah. I mean, J.C. Um, Chase, Horn start off with Yeah. solid, great pick. And then Terrace, yeah. Marshall Jr., in the second round, like, like, awesome. Like I don't know. Like Again, you know, I guess I'm like, oh, how did he slip or whatever? You know, there's only so many picks and there's only so many players. But um, to add him to your already fairly decent – receiving court it's not you know their receiving court isn't deep but it's quite top heavy and mm. I think Terrace Marshall Jr um and I since you pointed out I have heard non-stop people calling him Terrence on podcasts <laughs> and that um, you should just change his name you should really um that's oh, great pick and then Brady Christensen you know Tommy Tremble obviously in third round tight end I know the tight end conversation was kind of dominated by Carl Pitts, but a, a lot of people were quite high on uh, him and Fre- Freyema Framer Yeah, Pat Freyema. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Just again, just a uh, they're building a team in the right way, aren't they? Like, and yeah, I know actually, we
0: yeah.
1: we sort of said, you know, oh, can they really go defense again? Um, because you know they took so many defensive players last year, but you know, they do need a cornerback. And I think I was reading somewhere that they had like a league low interceptions, which mm-hmm. is never going to help you out if you can't pick off and turn over the ball. I mean, the most they turnovers they probably had was um, Jeremy Chin,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who shouldn't have even been, you know.
0: Yeah, not
1: in Had that, as yeah. many as he did. Yeah, there should yeah. be some other people. Um, yeah, I think I
0: JC Horn's a nice pick. I, you know, I know there are some concerns about his, like, how overly physical he can be. Yeah. Um, uh, Walking walk uh, PI. Walk yeah.
1: Um
0: but yeah, like you said, Brady Christensen, uh guy who's been um guy who's been uh protecting uh Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um Tommy Tremble, yeah, the tight end is an interesting one. because um, someone was saying that he would be much higher up on people's draft boards if they'd actually thrown in the ball. Because yeah. he just wasn't he he just wasn't targeted by the the um Notre Dame quarterback. So, yeah, that's interesting. Also, I quite like um, the Chuba Hubbard pickup as well. Yeah, man. He I was, think you know if
1: he was going to come out the year before, yeah, he was talked about as being you know at least a second sort of round pick. So, what that says, I don't. You know what his future is with McCaffrey. I know I've speculated that I don't think McCaffrey is going to hold up much longer, so he could be in line for a lot of work. But
0: yeah, but also to sort of the the opposite of that he doesn't need to necessarily go in and be the star straight away because no, no. you know McCaffrey's going to be the guy isn't he until he inevitably yeah, he gets get one. yeah <laughs> so let's just hope for Chubba Hubbard's sake that doesn't mm. happen because um I think he would be a nice sort of compliment back to uh, McCaffrey and also because of McCaffrey's skill set you could probably see them playing together as well
1: yeah 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 it would be real nice
0: um and also the the D-tackle they picked up in the fifth round, Davion Nixon, a guy that a lot of people were quite high on, and it sounds like him falling to the fifth round was a bit of a steal. So um, I'm not going to pretend, I'm not going to give you loads of information on him because I don't know, but I think people were pretty high on him. So, yeah, I think overall their draft class was really, really solid. Um, yeah,
1: they just, they you know, you, you, know, you see teams building building team you know building their team back up and it's like there's some teams that just do it solid Mm -hmm. even if the picks don't pan out you just do like good pick smart pick i like where they're going with that and then some teams you're just like oh my fucking god like what are you doing
0: yeah and if sam darnold is you know is the guy then there's gonna be an upgrade
1: on teddy bridgewater so Mm -hmm. you know it's gonna be a step in the right direction and i think we, we were saying obviously last week the Niners trading up to 3 I think through a spanner in the works for a lot of teams that were potentially thinking about a quarterback and I'm not mad at all at the Panthers and the Broncos just kind of holding fire and just seeing what they've got this season with the quarterbacks that they've got
0: yeah well, it's like we were saying last week you know teams have been teams well, people have been acting like the quarterbacks don't come out every year yeah um so I guess that's probably a good transition into the Niners cuz um I think I don't know about their draft class. I think it's okay. I, I I like the Trey Sermon pick, but I must admit the rest of the names are a little bit new to me. Not that not that that says anything because um yeah a lot of these names are going to be new to me. But um yeah I'm not sure. And and I know you were sort of concerned. Did have they given up too much to go up and get Trey Lance?
1: I think in hindsight yes, but obviously you just can't you know. I still, I, I still don't blame, Carl Shanahan and um, Mike Lynch. I know I got this wrong. Yeah, yeah, well, I yeah, yeah, guessed it. Yeah, for going up and taking, taking control of that situation. But yeah, in hindsight, Mac felt I, I genuinely think they were going after Mac Jones. I genuinely think they that's who they were trading up for, and I think they heard, the pushback from the fan base and just other people in the league and potentially. I don't know, not gave in to peer pressure, but for oh fucking hell, we've we've mortgaged a lot on yeah. this pick for a guy that no one is excited about. Whether his production, you know, is good or not, I don't know, it just it just didn't it visually didn't look good giving up mm-hmm. that much to trade for a guy that you know has the most savage dad bod. <laughs> um and, and so gravy I boots. Think- crazy boots um, so I think in hindsight they did give up too much um, because the Panthers the Broncos the Bears whatever just kind of stuck in there and just took what was available which ended up being probably what you could have got if you'd stayed where you were without giving out that many picks and it, like you're just saying the rest of the draft class that they picked up it's nothing mind-blowing to be honest it's it, unless if Trey Lance doesn't work out this draft is a complete bodge. It's a bust, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, Trey Sermon's an interesting back. Again, another guy who's probably his value has fallen a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think he's a slightly bigger back, so it does give them a different option. But, I mean, like we were saying before we kicked off, um, they've got depth in that position. And I hope this doesn't... Uh, their pickup of Trey Sermon doesn't affect the development of guys like jeff wilson because um he looked he looked really nice
1: yeah it's um but if i don't blame them i think they've got um they had the the injury fear knocked into them last year really didn't they just, oh yeah
0: uh, and most it can't stay on the to. field most it gets yeah. hurt every year by the looks of it. at this point
1: yeah uh, yeah i'm i'm not in on most most of it, to be honest
0: so um i guess the argument would be though that they were picking at twelve originally. Justin Fields went at eleven. So did they really yeah. need to move up to
1: three to get Where Trey Lance? Jones go. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, yeah, it, you don't blame them because, um, like you're saying, they took they took it into their own hands, didn't they? Yeah. Because, like you say, if they had waited till twelve, there's no guarantee that any of those guys would have been available. Uh, because it was most likely that Denver and Carolina probably would have taken. Maybe not Carolina because. I don't know, they maybe want to wait, see what they got in Sam Darnold, but definitely Denver. Um, and maybe even Philly or whatever, there's a few teams around, you know, in that sort of that 7 to 15 bracket that could potentially... So I don't blame them for it, but unfortunately it's backfired a little bit on them because you gave up a lot to go up to three. And,
0: yeah. Yeah, you lose your first round pick next year as well, which is... Um... Yeah. Which is well, I think they're a couple, wouldn't it? The next couple of years, so that's a yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah big thing. in total, including this year, plus a few other bits here and there. So, yeah, yeah. In hindsight, and that's what I'm saying. In hindsight, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't think. You know, I've heard a lot of people being like, "Oh, fucking, you know, Carl Shanahan and Mike Lynch—they absolutely ruined it." Why would you give up that much? Well, okay, that's how things panned out, and that's. But hindsight. Trey Lance could be exactly if he's the if he's a franchise quarterback, then fuck it, it doesn't even matter. No one will ever remember it and not only that like he he possesses the
0: um the fundamental skill set to be an exciting franchise quarterback you know not a jimmy because jimmy g was was thought to be a franchise quarterback but that sort of fell fell off pretty quickly didn't it so yeah he's got the potential to to be that guy it's just not just haven't seen it we just don't know so um yeah. but i guess that kind of leads us nicely into the chicago bears who
1: um who, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still love it. I'm letting you go on this. Go. I on. mean, they just took two of my favorite players in draft, really, with um Tevin Jenkins and um Justin Fields.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, the rest of the picks are whatever. You know, so-so. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I, love it. I just think it's great. Um, I'm, we, we both quite enjoyed the Bears a couple of years ago, didn't we? Um, yeah, yeah. Especially liked- when, yeah, when they got when that first season with Mac. Yeah um so i i'm i'm excited to watch them a little bit again this year um i think that's it isn't it they've they've they've
0: made it so that i mean maybe those first few games when Dalton's playing i won't how long do you reckon
1: he's holding on to his job for um let's go over or under five games (laughs) under okay yeah i'd agree yeah yeah i think i think maybe three what do you think it will be down to? Do you think it will be down to bad play, injury, bad play? I yeah, don't. Yeah.
0: I think he's pretty resilient, isn't he? But he, could, I mean, he could get injured. He, he, you know, he makes some pretty daft get decisions. A, um,
1: a fucking punctured lung or whatever it was. That
0: that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get uh, that
1: doctor on, Tyrod board.
0: Taylor. Yeah, they need yeah. the charges doctor. Uh, in.
1: It's not actually Tyrod Jack. Oh, sorry, it's Tyrod. Sorry. Right. Thank you. Sorry.
0: Yeah, that that should have been their number one. <laughs>
1: Like well, yeah, an
0: acquisition a after doctor from the Chargers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know. Um yeah. the Los Angeles Chargers, they had their young quarterback uh waiting in the wings and their experienced veteran quarterback uh and literally five minutes before a game, I what was the actual what did he do? He he had some sort of
0: rib injury or something like that, and so he was getting a painkilling injection in his chest.
1: That's it. Um and they yeah punctured his lung, and so the rookie quarterback had to just scramble onto the field with literally no first team reps or anything. But
0: Absolutely then it turned it. out
1: he killed it, and he broke all the rookie <laughs> records. So that worked out for the best for them. So maybe uh, the Bears can secretly look at getting a doctor to do something dodgy to Dalton. Yeah,
0: yeah there's there's always uh, there's always
1: ways, isn't there? Yeah. um
0: Yeah, Tevin Jenkins, good pick. um Round six, they got a wide receiver called Daz Newsom, who um, everyone's saying is like a really solid slot receiver. Um, and that's a position of need for them because, because I think their current slot receiver is Anthony Miller, who is uh, so average, it's unreal. So, you know, maybe a guy that can come in and have an impact. I also um, like
1: that they um you know, their their first two obviously their first pick was Justin Fields and then they went tackle tackle. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, they need something on that. I don't know, I just I like the way they moved considering they were in a bit of a a bit of a rut really, weren't they, with you know, getting the Trubisky um saga didn't pan out. Get, yeah,
0: they they've closed the book on that. They've given they've given themselves um maybe they've given themselves time i guess it depends what happens with justin fields this year but um yeah i i I like it and i'm definitely more excited to tune in to um to the bears again
1: watch them they were awful to watch last year weren't they yeah
0: it was was, even tough watch
1: like oh kill me now Mm -hmm. yeah So, so buzz it was a real tough
0: watch um so I think where we're going to go next, because we've agreed on everything so far, I think it would be good to throw one in that I know we don't necessarily agree on. Um, And actually, I'm not happy to do this, Jack. I'm going to say this now. I'm not happy to be to be complimenting this team. No, to be complimenting this team.
1: Well, it's not too late to pull out of it. now.
0: No, but I'm—I have to compliment them because I think this is so solid. So I'm—I uh, think the Detroit Lions had a really quite decent draft, and uh, I know that upsets you, but <laughs> yeah. So I—I I, I think obviously starting off with Penny Sewell in the first round, the most talented tackle in the draft, bar none. Um, great pick. And then I think what they did was, you know, what's his name? Dan Campbell, their head coach, gave the press conference about biting kneecaps. Yeah, yeah.
1: The yeah.
0: most cringe thing ever. But I think yeah. they got guys who are going to do that, right? Yeah. So they got uh, Levi, I'm going to butcher this name, Unze Arike. whatever it was. Yeah, the D tackle out of Washington. Some people, including our boy Sims, had him as the number one D tackle on the list, on the board. Um they got Alim McNeil who was also in Sims top five, another fantastic D tackle. So that line should be solid. Um then they got um, Melifonwu, um the cornerback out of Syracuse in the third round. Um I don't know whether you've seen this guy play, but he's big. He's a big corner, big physical corner. Um and I, I know a lot of people had him much higher than a third round grade. So I think all in all um, I mean the rest of their pick, Amon Ra St Brown, wide receiver, um, I haven't seen a great deal of him. He's his brother plays in Green Bay, I think, Equinimius yeah. St Brown.
1: It what can't catch.
0: Yeah. Um, so we'll see, but you know, the slot guy, um, they definitely need more than that at wide receiver. They they need help there, so I don't know what they do. But those um certainly those top four picks I loved and for that reason. I enjoyed Grin. what they did. No, Jared I'm not, I'm not, ball. no, no, no.
1: no, no. I'm not... <laughs> All I'm hearing is that you're saying that you think they're going to go to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff as the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, but what what they've done
0: is they've, they've basically taken Goff out of the equation, haven't they here? They've said, <laughs> they've said that Penasio will just go and stand in front of Goff so no one can touch him. So at least he can hand the ball off correctly. And then defense go out and win us the game. But, um,
1: yeah. yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I, yeah, I guess I, um, it's just a, I'm not mad at it. Um, and I would need to, in hindsight, I probably would have um, looked at the picks that were around the picks that they took their guys just to sort of see what was else on the board and, you know, what their team needs. I know their team needs a lot. So it's almost just take whatever's fucking the best talent available at that pick. But, Obviously, we, we all agree Penetal so is just a slam dunk pick. Um, I don't know. It just it doesn't excite me at all. And two D tackles, it's sort of like... Uh, yeah, back to back. That was you a know, bit... It's just, I don't know. That I, I just, without looking at the rest of the board, I feel like there was probably some other players on the board that were more exciting, more impactful potentially. So, and I just, I, I just don't want to give... the Lions any credit at all for anything because I'm yet to see anything they've done that is worth giving them credit for, apart from maybe picking john Dre Swift. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not. I guess I'm not completely against you being all in on them. <laughs> Let's,
0: we need to end this narrative right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm not. I'm just not remotely excited about their draft class at all. I think two D tackles back to back is slightly odd. Mm-hmm.
0: What, what I, I
1: think what I'm trying to say um they 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 did it they did a nice job, and they've got a lot of holes to fill and it's like just keep your heads down, get but on this with is it, it. this it's is it i think players. we I think we'll
0: come on to this with some other teams, but there is no way in hell that the lions are even gonna threaten a playoff berth next year, so why not just slowly go about building your team in in the mold that you wanna build it in? you know I know yeah. that everything about the league is like building to win you know but only one team wins it every year you know so so not you know the Lions know they're not going to even be in contention in in the nfc so why not just build and get solid guys and i think that's what they've done but yeah but i'm certainly not all in on them It's not what you were saying before you went live. <laughs> so yeah, I've got my golf jersey on order. So I better mm. cancel that quickly. Um, let's move on from that before I get blasted anymore. Um, <laughs> hopefully, someone we agree on a little bit more. Um, the Denver Broncos. I think they've nailed this. I think this is a really good draft for them. Probably not, not like top top, but. I think they've they've done a really decent job, and if this Aaron Rodgers situation does fall in a way that they end up with Aaron Rodgers, they they are an instant challenger
1: for me. Yeah, they um they've just they've if you slotted the quarterback onto their team in the last year or two, we'd be talking about them very differently. And not necessarily us, because I think we both agree that they're actually a very underrated team at this point. Um, and they have all. They have a lot of things in place to make them actually a very good team. But yeah, Pat Sertan, just solid pick. Javon Williams, just another. I love solid that for pick. them. Such a good, such a good yeah, fit. I just think to compliment Melvin Gordon, you know, and just eventually shoe him out the door.
0: Yeah, probably. Then, I reckon it's quite quickly, actually.
1: Yeah, I think. I think it will start off as him being the, you know, the RB two, and I think it would then level itself and be 50 50 and then eventually i think you'll like, take over and then obviously our guy quinn ma i, can- I still haven't figured out the guy i think
0: name. it's miners
1: miners that would make sense it yeah. looks like that um yeah. quinn miners in just the third round i know he's a small school guy but i don't know what he lacked in maybe out and out talent and sort of you know pro- big school profile he made up for in just character and just showing up at the senior bowl and just being a beast so and then Caden Stearns in the fifth round, mm-hmm. um, and Jamar others. Johnson actually another yeah. another safety who um, people were pretty hot on. Yeah, I I I, I agree. I just think they I think they've been real solid, and the only thing they are really missing is a decent quarterback. And mm-hmm. I think be shit again next year just by you know by fault of you know having a dodgy quarterback. But the rest of the team is literally in place, and. Um, you know, pick up a quarterback next year, mm-hmm. whether it, you know, whoever that might be, I know there's a few names floating about already, but yeah, like you said, there's going to be, you know, this isn't the only year that quarterbacks are going to be available and be good. And quite often the, the the sort of pattern with all of these things is whoever, either the top guys are taken in the draft don't pan out. And it's the guys in the second the third round onwards that end up being the good guys and the same applies for the draft where you think it's the white, most loaded one they don't end up being the good guys it's the guys in the draft where you thought oh there's not really any quarterbacks coming through so i think i think they they they're playing the long game here and i think they're doing a good job of it and um i i think yeah just pat satan at 9 just what a just a solid solid yeah. pick for them yeah i think
0: that was a can't miss pick um i think those two those two safeties that they picked up you know their... they have still got obviously um
1: Simmons. Simmons. Yeah, and
0: what a great player to learn from, you know, to that yeah. that sort of um secondary is gonna be that it's gonna be so nice for the rookies to be around um, you know, players they've already got in their secondary. So um yeah, I think they were I think that was a good one. And my goodness, if Aaron Rodgers does for whatever weird reason end up there, um
1: I like them a lot. He might but the problem is by the time it happens he might be on the downward slope, and then they're just fucked again.
0: Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah,
1: up yeah, all I, their yeah.
0: picks. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's... maybe Right, maybe just wait, but...
1: i wait till next year. Get yourself a rookie quarterback. You know, you've got young players that... We've touched on it a few times already, but, you know, the skill positions, guys, they've got a young core there. Obviously, Cortland Sutton being more the oldest guy, but he's not even, you know, that old. And their tight ends, you know, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, like, you know, and then you've added Javante Williams to that. Like, yeah, man, yeah
0: and yeah. they brought in they brought in teddy Bridgewater, and i know he's not an exciting starting
1: quarterback but you know
0: he can do a job can't he um yeah
1: you know he's he absolutely fine yeah he's not going to turn the ball over like drew Locke did last year no he's not going to make those sort of decisions so. and then when they had that fucking game where they had they're like water boy playing quarterback. yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah they, Hopefully, we we
0: see no more of that. Hopefully, COVID uh, is kicked into touch enough that we won't see any more of that. Yeah. Um. I get another team that I wanted to touch on briefly because I love their first three picks, but I don't know. I don't think I love their draft class altogether. But the Charges, um, Los Angeles Charges. Um. I think they are put in some pieces together to make I I definitely think they're gonna be more of a contender next year. They already signed Jared Cook in um free agency, who I know is probably a bit of a short term fix, but he's a he's a touchdown catcher, isn't he? So that's gonna work. But i I l I really like Rashawn Slater in the first round, Asante Samuel Jr. cornerback out of Florida State in the second round And Josh Palmer, wide receiver out of Tennessee, in the third round. I think those three picks were amazing. And looking at the board and where they were at, those were the picks I would have made without a doubt. Um, Asante Samuel Jr. is ready to go in this league. And I think he could surprise a few people and be the... um, the most ready to go cornerback in this class. He—that's he, the way he looks. So, um, yeah, I like that. But I don't have a great deal to say about the rest of their, the rest of their draft.
1: No, I think it's you know, like we say, you know, once you get past the third round, those guys are dart throws, and you might be lucky to pick up a guy that's fallen. Um, or a guy that you know just been savagely underrated or whatever. But yeah, I you know, I I I like the first three picks. I think it's just protect your guy. Rashawn Slater, great pick. Sonic Samurai Jr. Obviously we know a lot of good DBs come out of Florida. Um and then Josh Palmer, obviously a guy that we kind of picked up on in the senior bowl. Just a super smooth uh route runner. Um Torching added, guys in those one-on-ones, weren't they? Yeah, he was. He was. He really was. You know, he had a few drops and stuff like this. But you just, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you just watch and you think, I don't know, that guy looks pretty decent. So, um, and it, it, he's not going to be the number one receiver, so it gives him plenty of time to just sit behind um, Keenan Allen and Big Mike Williams and um, just maybe pick up a few, a few bits and pieces. But uh, yeah, just a, a solid, a solid, nice. You know, especially with the first, the first three picks, like we're saying. Or is where you you know you're kind of you're picking your solid you know your guys that you expect to be starters and regular players potentially um and they i just think they hit all of them pretty nicely yeah you want to get those right and i think they did they just need derwin james back
0: yeah they need derwin james back they also need Eckler to have a season where he doesn't get hurt
1: yeah because
0: yeah. otherwise i do worry a little bit i think their passing game will be outstanding but I I worry a little bit about their running game. I don't know whether I buy Josh Kelly just yet.
1: I mean it's oh, too early to write cool. him off, but um well he looks the problem with Josh Kelly is the other guys look better. I can't remember the all of their names now, but they even Kel- um Caelan Bellage came in and mm-hmm. looked better than Josh Kelly and you know that guy is bounced around a bunch of teams, but
0: hopefully he yeah.
1: can stay healthy and I know they've got a new coaching staff in this year, so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I like that team. Though I'm, I'm definitely, I, you know,
0: mainly because I'm massively behind Justin Herbert. I want to yeah. see him do well. So, um, I think we'll go on. To, there's no real order to this, by the way. We're not doing this in order of you know the draft classes we like the most or whatever. We're just kind of going through on the fly a little bit. Um. I want to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars as having probably one of the best one of the best drafts um of 2021 but I would say it's pretty easy to have a good draft when you've got two picks in the first round and two picks in the second round so there's a bit of a caveat there um but obviously they took Trevor Lawrence first I'm not going to talk about that that's fine um Travis Etienne I think we were When we did the podcast last week, uh, running back out of Clemson, um, when we did the podcast last week, we were both a little surprised by this pick. But actually, the more I've heard people talk about it, the more I've kind of gone, oh, do you know, I I absolutely get that now. Um, James Robinson, as good as he was last year, was an undrafted free agent. And although he had some big playability, Travis Etienne is big playability. You know he is he is the guy who's going to get like you know run your sort of Alvin Kamara kind of amazing plays and um, having him and Robinson together is going to be great. I think Tyson Campbell, the cornerback out of Georgia, another big corner. I mean, almost felt a little bit pointless because of the corners they have got, and you know they picked up Shaquille Griffin in the in free agency as well, didn't they? Um, yeah. But best player available at that point, possibly. They got Andre Sisco, one of the better safeties in the, in the draft. Um, walk a little tackle out of Stanford. I think they've just done a really good job here.
1: Yeah, this uh, you know, when you look at it on paper, it's 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 the sort of players that I would have picked. You know, had I potentially been in their position, the only one is the Travis Etienne one, which is just it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because like we said last week it's an odd pick because you do you did have a running back that's really good but then also can you really miss on Travis Etienne? Um I don't know they could have almost be they could have almost done with not having that pick at the end of the draft because it probably wouldn't have thrown that spanner in the works. Uh I would have liked to maybe seen him take a receiver. Um
0: I thought is it did but, you see what Urban Meyer said? No. He, Urban Meyer said they were basically all in on um Kadarius oh, Tony yeah. at the end of the first round. I think they really yeah. wanted Kadarius Toney and saw Travis Travis Etienne as the next sort of uh next priority. So yeah, that was that was interesting. I, I think you're right, I think they've missed out on receiver here and they could have done with a little bit of help at receiver.
1: Yeah, I, I guess maybe there is a ton of them coming out again next year if all the ones I've kind of earmarked are going to be the ones that are coming out. Um, I think it'll be a similar wide receiver class as what we've had for the last couple of years with the Devontae Smiths to the Jerry Judys to the CD Lambs, you know, just these, just studs. There's um, that guy,
0: Chris, is it Chris Alavi? I think he's a, yeah,
1: apparently yeah. he's very exciting. you got George Pickens, like you got a bunch of them that hopefully are going to come out next year. Um, so, Maybe they're thinking, look, we're probably not going to be picking in the second half of the draft next season. So we're most like, you know, we're hot with, we're potentially going to be in the top fifteen next draft. So why not just get ourselves a, a wide receiver there in next year's draft? Um, maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know, but the, yeah, the Travis Etienne's it's a it's a difficult pick, but I I kind of understand why they did it, but I also, you know would understand if they didn't do that and they picked a, a, a wide receiver instead. But yeah, there's a yeah. nice solid draft, you know, you've got a long way to go. So
0: yeah, you say that though, but I mean, the AFC South is a bit up in the air. I think like you've got the Texans are, I mean, they're going to oh, be well. the worst team in football next year. There's, oh, there's no doubt about mile. it. Um, the Colts yeah, are... Solid draft though. <laughs> yeah. Well, Notice um... that we won't touch on the Texans today. Oh, man um you know the Colts are a bit of an unknown entity I think um if Carson Wentz is is Carson Wentz of before you know that before last year then the Colts are incredible but if not they're an interesting one and the Titans we just don't know what the Titans are going to look like next year so you know the Jags might find themselves accidentally in a in a playoff spot next year let's hope not (laughs) yeah let's hope not for their sake for their sake yeah um so yeah I thought that was pretty solid um so stay in in Florida and we'll go on to Miami um another team uh, another team that I think did did pretty well
1: I I don't know whether you want to take us through Miami's picks that you liked yeah I mean I think the standout is um I know I said last week I probably would have preferred to see um Devontae Smith go off the board um instead of Jalen Waddle. But I completely understand why they did that. Um and then obviously the the kind of well, I don't know if it's the unsung hero of the draft, but the Jalen Phillips pick, isn't it? That's the one that's got everyone getting fizzy knickers because, you know, if the guy stays on the field, which there's no reason why he shouldn't do, I know the the injury concerns and stuff like that are somewhat overstated, but there's always a risk. So, but if he does, I mean, you've fucking just got an absolute beast there. Um, They just, uh, and I almost feel a bit, the hipster in me wants to not kind of um, wank them off too much, but (laughs) they've just been building a nice team over the last few years. And obviously Javon Holland, another guy in the second round, Liam Eikenberg tackle from Notre Dame. Um, (laughs) I don't know, man. They they just, they've, they just, they again, it's similar to what we were saying about um, the Panthers, isn't it? It's just like, yep, yeah, good pick, good mm-hmm. pick, good pick, good pick. Exactly what you need. Great player, great value for the pick that you got on that. Like there's no reaches, is there? No, I don't think so. Um, people, some people, that
0: Hunter Long pick in the third round, tight end out of Boston College, I think people are a bit um, hot and cold on, but, from what I hear, he's not. Uh, you're not going to use him a lot in the passing game, but he's a fantastic, right. um, fantastic blocker. So, exactly. um, you know, and you've it, got you know, you've got Gasicki in that position in yeah, the passing exactly. game. Yeah, so. exactly. And you've
1: got uh, Adam Shaheen, and obviously, it's uh, we're talking about um, um, Mike Flores. Mike Flores? Am I right? Brian Flores. Right, sorry, Brian Flores. Um, we're talking about who comes from a Patriots system, where there's going to be very tight end heavy. Yeah. So yeah, why not get another guy that's a fucking beast at blocking. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I I like what they did. Um I think they've put themselves in a really interesting position. I I think it's going to be a really fun battle between them and the Bills for that AF- AFC East title. I know Pats fans will probably argue that they're much better now than they were last year, but um the Pats. Yeah, until Cam Newton can prove to me that he can still play football. I'm not, not going <laughs> to
1: is still very much out
0: yeah and uh yeah i mean the, the pats uh the, we won't go we weren't really going to talk about the pats but i think they had an okay draft um but nothing nothing massively to write home about i i don't think um i think like they, they got Barmore in the second round um d tackle who has definitely got ability but not necessarily shown it enough um and yeah there's there was a couple of other picks there's Cam McGrone the linebacker they got from Michigan who I think is uh is going to be an interesting player um but yeah I don't think they'll be challenging for the AFC East next year um whereas the Dolphins will certainly be I think if I really Tua was. can play here yeah, yeah. if Tua can play better but I think Could Waddle such- helps Tua play better doesn't he
1: yeah, I, I think we've both agreed that we think there's more to see from Tua. But ultimately, if he doesn't pan out, then, you know, you've got a solid team already in place to uh, slot in someone else. Excellent. So from the AFC East, I'm going
0: to go over to the NFC East. A um, touch on a, a couple of teams um, that I, I think, I think the NFC East was quite interesting, actually, because I, I, I liked what the Giants did. Uh, they got an extra first round pick for next year for, for a start. So that's fantastic. Um, also got Aziz Ogilari. Um One thing I heard about Aziz Ojolari though is apparently he's got a degenerative knee problem.
1: Oh, so fantastic.
0: it's interesting. I mean, to draft him in the second round, what what's he going to be in a couple of years? But maybe it's not going to be an issue. Um, they got cornerback Aaron Robinson as well. But I didn't really want to talk too much about the Giants. I want to talk about the Eagles and the Cowboys. Um, The reason I link them is because I think the Eagles desperately needed help at linebacker. And the Cowboys took all the linebackers. (laughs) So um, I guess let's start with the Cowboys. Do you think it's interesting? So the Eagles didn't pick up a linebacker, even though there there were linebackers on the board. Where you know when they were picking, you know, Jabril Cox fell um, right. fell quite far. So the Eagles definitely had an opportunity to get Jabril Cox, but didn't. Do you think the linebacker position is being slightly undervalued in this day and age? Yeah,
1: it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because I think it is because you see a lot of teams um, outside of, obviously, the Super Bowl champions that played with a fairly weak linebacking core. Well, this is what
0: I was – this was going to be my point because – Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. You've absolutely nailed it on that. Like, nailed it. it. Yeah. Like, the, the teams are undervaluing linebacker and the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have the two best linebackers in football. So does that say something? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's it is. It, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I mean, you think about the top linebackers uh, without obviously looking at the guys. So we got Fred Warner.
0: Yeah, Bobby Wagner, Darius
1: Leonard, Bobby Wagner potentially on the downside of his career, um, and obviously the Tampa Bay guys. Uh, so it, it's a it's an unused, I don't know. I I know what you mean. It's a bit of an anomaly and, position at this point like some teams are really like not investing in it at all but then some teams are really like you know like cowboys just completely yeah, doubling down on, on it
0: yeah so i mean maybe there's something to be said for the fact that a lot there's a lot of these like hybrid guys coming out now you know yeah. like your isaiah simmons um you know who who are big safeties who can who More can Adams. Yeah, who can play linebackers or who can come up and, and sort of play in the box like that. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, but as you say, Cowboys are obviously one of those teams who still value the position highly because um, cause yeah, they yeah. took two. They
1: got four. <laughs> yeah, they obviously have got four. Sean, Sean Lee retired. Um, yeah. and I know we spoke about, obviously, you know, I don't think it's any great secret that Jalen Smith didn't play that well last year. And Leighton Van Der Esch is potentially on his way out after this season planning that neck brace yeah oh the, oh, the old cowboy collar <laughs> uh,
0: what did you think of the cowboys draft class i thought it was a bit interesting
1: yeah uh let me just go back onto their picks yeah i, I mean I, I i like the first two to be honest with michael parsons i think fuck it you can't miss on that guy yeah absolutely um calvin joseph am yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm i'm cool with that pick uh, and then, like you've pointed out, obviously Jabril Cox being in the fourth round, I think is potentially a bit of a sleeper pick. Um, I think it might; it could turn out to be one of the steals of the draft. I think. Yeah, I'm surprised he slipped slipped that far, to be honest. But um, the other guys, I'm not all that familiar with, to be honest. So um, I won't, no. I won't um, pretend to.
0: They put a lot of emphasis on defense, though, with this yes. class. Um... They didn't address their O line, though. That's
1: the only thing.
0: No, they didn't. Um, they Which picked, picked up
1: injury. They got,
0: yeah, they got a guy in the well, they got two O O-linemen, one in the fourth round and one in the seventh round. So you're not really going to be expecting either of them to come in and make a, an instant impact. Um, I thought that was a big problem for them last year. Well, it was a big problem for
1: them. It was maybe, mostly injury, though. So
0: yeah, maybe they feel comfortable enough that those guys will come back and be solid, but. You know, for a team that, that, you know, quite clearly wants to be, um, quite clearly wants to run the ball, Um, interesting not to, not to necessarily address that. Um, So, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about the Cowboys class apart from, as you say, those top two picks, but I was um, more up on the Eagles class and I think. Actually, I thought you might want to go
1: back to the Eagles, I kind of glossed over them (laughs) and I thought uh, I've i've just got away with that straight over <laughs> to the cowboys so yeah okay, okay let's do the eagles then sorry i
0: no, i'm not I, i'm not going to spend too long on the eagles here i just i think like we were talking about with um with the lions and and stuff like that i think the eagles that they they used this draft and they said we know we're not going to do anything this year so let's get let's get some let's get some talented guys obviously Devonte smith is a great pick I think Landon Dickerson in the second round the center out of Alabama um could be an amazing pick I just hope he stays healthy um he can play anywhere across that um across that offensive line so I think he is really interesting and would, would start at guard this season if he's if he's healthy um and then could take over from Jason Kelsey in a couple of years time when he finally does retire um and then they got um Milton Williams, D-tackle out of Louisiana Tech. I don't know a great deal about him, but from what I hear, he's very athletic and can come off the edge as well. Um, and Zach McPherson, who's a good slot corner. Um, Kenneth Gainwell, another running back. I, I just think they I think they got interest in players at every position um, that, that they needed players, a- apart from linebacker, but then... They um picked up Jacoby Stevens out of L S U in the sixth round, who is apparently one of these kind of hybrid um say, you know, box safety kind of things who, you know, can can play in coverage but can also um can play at linebacker as well. So yeah. I was I was pretty interested in that. And also someone mentioned to look out for Patrick Johnson who, um was their edge guy, they picked up in the second round. Someone said that he could be one of the steals of the draft, so uh yeah, I think that could be interesting.
1: Yeah, I think I I mean um the first two picks are um good enough for me to be honest. Yeah. Like you say they they need to eventually address their O line because it's getting hella old. Um but just taking the Bonnet Smith is good enough for me to be honest. I love that guy.
0: Yeah, that's always gonna make us excited. Um so because we, because we talked about Philly. We're going to talk about Minnesota now because
1: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to upset you. I want to make sure that you're catered for as well. What what did you think of your
1: Vikings? Um, what did you think of your Vikings draft? I think it was really solid. I think it was a really good draft to be honest. Um, trading back, I think, was a very smart move, and still getting Christian Darisau. Um And then I I really like the Kellen Mond pick to be honest. Um, I know we've both sort of spoken about that. We think he could be, um, he could have been a bit undervalued. And I think it's a great sort of situation for him to go into in the fact that he can now just sit behind Kirk Cousins. Um, And then, you know, Chaz Surratt and Wyatt David. I don't know. I just, it's, you you don't really need any help wide receiver. You don't need any help running back. You're obviously going to get a healthy Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr. You could obviously use some corners, um, but I don't know. They, I think they've got some great pieces in place, and almost they've got great pieces in place as well to build for the future. At the same time, I think it's like a totally underrated uh, thing for teams to do: is sort of have what you have now, but with also in mind that you know, say your quarterback, like Kurt Cousins, is getting older. Um, and he's only, you know, a few games away from potentially being benched for someone else. Um, although, you know, like I said, he did, he, he did play well last year. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a, I think it's a smart draft for them. Um, they still need a couple more pieces. But what they have there and the positions that they upgraded in um, taking those players, I think has just strengthened what they already had good strengths in. Um, so they're going to run better. You know, they're going to pass block better. Um feed Justin Jefferson the ball more, hopefully Adam Thielen can stay healthy, get Dalvin Cook running. I don't know, just a, a good a good solid draft. And what do you think?
0: Do you think Kellen Mond can can upset the Apple cart enough to start any games next year, or do you think that really
1: does it would have to be an injury
0: to Cousins in order for him to get on the field?
1: it have to yeah, it'd have to be an injury or you know like five games of just abysmal quarterback play which I just don't I don't think Kirk Cousins does that for all of his you know the he is a bit of an unfairly treated quarterback isn't he because the problem for him is he got that big payday and he was the highest paid quarterback in the league or whatever it was and he yes he didn't necessarily deserve it on talent in comparison to other quarterbacks but that was the money he got and that's what he took um and ever since then, he's just been, he's kind of, uh, I don't know, he's been the the punching bag for, you know, bad quarterback play and being overpaid. But obviously, he's now not the the highest paid quarterback. Like, the, it just moves on. He just was yeah. for, you know, half a season or whatever. But I think it's, I think he would have to have a significant run of bad games. I think he's done enough to solidify permanent starting position. Yeah. Um and
0: he has those games where he, they, they they go on these runs, don't they? Where it's like under two hundred yards passing stuff like this. But often what people don't mention when they talk about those games, Darwin
1: Cook, exactly, takes about a billion yeah,
0: touches exactly. So it doesn't really they don't really require um, they don't really require loads of loads of air yards when they're
1: getting all that on the ground. So I think yeah, it's but, um, I think it's just a it's a it's a lazy um, I don't know what's the right way of saying it, but to pick on Kirk Cousins is almost lazy at this point. I yeah. think he's he's shown he's more than competent to run that offense and you know do what they need to do. Um, it's la if you know if they have a if they don't win or whatever. It's now just lazy when people are like well Kirk Cousins. It's like no, come on man, like watch the rest of the game. You know yeah. oh look you know he's, he hasn't put up over two hundred yards in like three games. I'm like well if you actually watch the game, it's because they hand the ball off to. Darwin Cook, you know, ten billion times. So what do you want the guy to do? Yeah, yeah,
0: I I agree. I think um, I think he's done enough to take some of that heat off him. Um, exactly
1: yeah. don't they?
0: Yeah, of course. But you know, there's there's going to be that thing now, isn't there? I, I I guess that's the advantage of drafting a, a quarterback in the third round, is that there's, there's not going to be that pressure, um, from. Well, I I don't think there would be anyway. But I there's not going to be that pressure from the fan base to put I think, in.
1: I think the Vikings fan base are kind of aware of the situation I think it's the outsiders that are like oh, bench Kirk Cousins why are you? you know why are you still letting that guy start and it's like well if you actually pay attention he's been fine
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah there's far worse quarterbacks in
0: in this league than Kirk Cousins yeah um so I guess one more team really I don't think I don't think we've missed anything else out, but one more team that um, I wanted to touch on quickly were the New York Jets. Obviously, picking uh, pick second is always going to help, and, and having an extra pick in the first round is always going to help, and I like what they did with both those picks, but we've already talked about that. But um, I, the reason I want to mention them is because I think they're another one of these teams who, who haven't gone out, saying that we need to win now they've 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 just looked at positions that they feel firstly i feel like they've looked at places where they they think they can make their quarterback look better which is something historically the jets haven't done um there seems to be quite a strong narrative of draft a quarterback but draft absolutely nothing to help him or do nothing to help him i think elijah moore the wide receiver um they picked up in the second round is is a really interesting pick. A lot of people had him going as a first-round receiver, um, so I like that pick. And then uh, Michael Carter, the other North Carolina running back, mm. I, th- I thought was a great pick. They, yeah. they they got him in the fourth round. Yeah. Um, they needed a running back. They got one, and this now. You know they've got. I think they've got Tevin Coleman as well, haven't they? And possibly Breeder as well. Did they? Did they pick up in free agency? Well, I
1: wouldn't like to say to be honest.
0: But um, Michael Carter's a guy that can be uh, can be a, a really decent player in this league. So um,
1: um, something that he could be better than his um, his partner, really. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so yeah, I think they've just they've just they just did things that
0: that will help. That will help Zach Wilson bed in, and I'm ex—I'm excited to watch the Jets play again. And I haven't—I haven't been that way since I started watching football. Um, no. And I'll be right. So <laughs> it's funny actually because before I knew anything about the NFL, I had a New York Jets T-shirt when I was a kid. I don't know—I don't know why.
1: i don't <laughs> it a family member. Says of mine. everything about it. It <laughs> says everything you need to know about Jack Betteridge. <laughs> fantastic End the podcast yeah <laughs> see you next week
0: <laughs> but i i had a t-shirt when i was a kid for some reason i as I, said, I don't know whether a family member went to new york and got it for me i i just had this t-shirt so i've always you know they were one of the first nfl teams that i was aware of kind of thing um so uh yeah i <laughs> i've got a, i've got a soft spot for them it's just been hard to have a soft spot for them for a for a long 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 time so you want it, you want them to
1: turn it around don't you know i want them absolutely to be better. it's this it's not fun having a terrible team just you know especially when they're on like a monday night game or a thursday night and it's the only team playing yeah so, just stinking up the league like yeah, the texans really. are going to be this year oh man that i can't even comprehend how bad that's going to be it's going to be
0: so bad i mean what, I'll I'll talk about it quickly because they completely fucked this
1: as well didn't they this draft. I mean this is also what happens when you do what the the problem is they done what the Rams done in that they trade away all of your draft picks but the mm-hmm. Rams at least got players for it in like Jalen Ramsey and you know Matt Stafford and stuff like that. The Texans have absolutely nothing to show for it. They picked up Davis Mills quarterback in the 3rd round. Yeah,
0: maybe maybe you, well they got Terod Taylor as well didn't they in free agency. So wow. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure at this point Deshaun Watson's not playing next year. No. So um yeah. And then Nico Collins in the third round wide receiver, from what I hear, that's a bit of a reach as well. Um just never heard of him. Just nothing exciting
1: at all. So um yeah, the Texans it's are gonna, gonna stink, stink it to up next year. Yeah. How many games do you reckon they're gonna win next year? Uh
0: they won four last year. I reckon they'll be lucky to win two next year.
1: Ooh. I I yeah, I lucky to win two.
0: I think they could I think they could go without winning a single game if I'm honest. That's a very realistic chance. There's not many teams in history that have done that and and I think um I think the Texans have got a real chance of uh of claiming that one of those one of those spots next year. And yet Jack used to be still in the building yeah preacher slash stand-up comedian shocking
1: yeah so for, um for anyone that doesn't know jack easterby has wormed his way into the texans organization hasn't he and he is the most unqualified There was something that came up this week oh um so to go off subject a little bit do you see the stuff about diego sanchez yes i did actually yeah yeah that, that reminded me of jack easterby so yeah. diego sanchez had an abrupt exit from the UFC after being a lifelong, you know, fighter for them and, you know, one of the first guys. Yeah, all really my fighter season yeah. season one, wouldn't they? Um, and he seems to have this manager now, um, that decided to I don't know what it, it's you know, stick his oar in and basically tell the commentators what they can and can't say about Diego and that he was unhappy with how they represented him last time. Just complete like bollocks. Like and just one of these guys that seems to have wormed his way into Diego's life. Whether that, I don't know enough about Diego Sanchez to know whether he's let this guy in or whether he's kind of, but you know, this guy is now controlling his career. And the best thing he's done is, well, the, the worst, but you know, the only thing he's achieved is to get the guy cut from the UFC in a bad way.
0: A guy um, who was never going to get cut from the UFC. No USA.
1: way. No, the guy's like a, a, you know, just a pure legacy guy for the UFC. Um, and Jack, it just, it just, rung alarm bells just like this jack easterby situation and that this guy has come into the organization has gradually wormed his way up to the top managed to get a few people fired along the way and you know had them shown the door and he's now helping pull the strings of the texans organization and look where they are
0: i mean there's a lot of teams over the last few years that have been a real mess but i do i don't think Anyone has looked
1: as messy as this Houston Texans, and team. it's not that the problem is the mess hasn't started yet. It's starting. Yeah, it's gradually- and this
0: is a team that that has. Obviously, this is not their fault, but they currently have one of the best quarterbacks in football on their roster. They currently have him under contract, and they are going to. I mean, but that that's not their fault. As I say, that's that's um, a whole other thing, but. They are such a mess that I I really see this going so badly for them uh, to a point where I uh, you know I, I I don't know I don't know where, I don't know what happens but I I can't see them turning this around anytime, anytime soon.
1: soon. No, it's it's awful.
0: So um, should we leave it there?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we we'll leave it there because yeah, I don't want to get in too negatively on any teams just keep it positive and talk about what we liked about the draft because we could probably go in on a few teams oh yeah raiders yeah rams um, raiders, <laughs> rams, raiders. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah there were
0: definitely some less favorable uh less favorable draft classes and and also some pretty good ones that we didn't touch on you know i i like what um i like what the ravens did i like washington. what the, yeah washington i like what the bengals did I, I, I don't think many
1: teams had really like bad, bad drafts, I, to be honest. Well, like we said after the like when we did the pod after the draft, that there wasn't any picks that we were like, wow, that is bad, mm. apart from maybe Raiders reaching. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, the only thing I was going to say to you is like, now that the dust has settled, what do you think about um, the Jamar Chase over Penesol pick? Okay, yeah, this is interesting. I'm glad you brought this up. Um
0: I think actually it might be a mistake.
1: Mm, I feel the as well.
0: Because I think they, they, I mean, they picked high in that second round and went for some guy called Jackson Carmen, a guard from Clemson. Hey, Clemson guy, yeah. Um, I don't know too much about him, but there were definitely other guys on the board they could have gone with there that would have probably been safer picks. I think further down they got some pretty decent picks but um I I just think they probably should have gone Saul to be honest I love Jamal Chase and I don't blame them for for reuniting him with Joe Burrow and getting so excited about that but I don't think wide receiver was their number one need and I I think they they might regret
1: that a little bit what about you yeah, I, I get the same feeling to be honest. I I, I think it, I do love Jamar Chase, but I like Panasol a bit more than I don't know, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And we spoke about it the other week, but yeah, I I you know, we mocked them to take Panasol. Um and I still think they should probably should have done that. I think you can as good as Jamar Chase is I just, I just think you should have taken Penesul and like, you know, there's, there's plenty of other receivers on the board, and as we said before, their receiving core isn't bad.
0: Yeah, I think Jamar Chase still comes in and has an instant impact. Yeah. Um, but I think Jamar Chase's instant impact immediately affects T Higgins, who was one of the best rookie wide receivers last year. Um, yeah. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why you do that. Um, Tyler Boyd is about as steady as as receivers come as well. Like you know, I don't know. I you know, it's it's hard to sit here and say um, I don't like the Jamar Chase pick because I do like the Jamar Chase. I love Jamar Chase. Um, I just think that um, I just think the Bengals might regret that a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: So we'll uh, we'll leave it there, shall we? But um, yeah I think all in all uh a good good draft plenty to talk about. I'm sure over the next like few weeks we'll we'll maybe go a bit more in depth about teams that we think um look good for next year and look bad for next year but um yeah i think i've I've enjoyed covering the draft with you Jack
1: yeah it's been a pleasure
0: right we will see you soon the Spain.